to Therapy Talks con las Primas. This is Alvili. And this is Diana. And we are two primas or cousins who are also mental health therapists and we are both passionate about mental health. This podcast was created to begin conversations about mental health, emotional wellness, and self-care in the Latinx community. you all we are back we have been away for some time just for a couple of weeks as both of us were just taking care of some things and just really busy and we are back for the month of February with our first guest therapist if if you all remember we said that we were going to start interviewing therapists and our first therapist is one of my favorite people And it is Stephanie Mejia, and we will be talking about some of her experiences with religion and spirituality. Stephanie, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, y'all. I'm new to the game, you know, so I'm so happy to be here um, in company of two great people. And a little bit about myself. Well, I am a social worker. By training. Um, and I currently work in community mental health, working with children um, up to the age of five, doing uh, mental health for them through play therapy, as well as a lot of parenting work. And part time uh, since September of last year, I started doing um, some private practice work. So I am really excited to be here and very nervous. I think I'm just going to name that because I think it's normal uh, to be nervous and excited all at the same time. Awesome. Yes. We are so happy to have you here, Stephanie. Uh, and in a previous episode, Avili and I kind of shared uh, what led us into this path and working in mental health. Uh, and what was your path? Like what led you into becoming a social worker? Yeah, I had a pretty untraditional uh, just education experience in general. It was definitely not, you know, linear. I think for a long time, I kind of was in the process of like learning what it, what it was that was my thing, like what it was that I wanted to do. So um, in undergrad, I wanted to uh, be a teacher at one point. I want to be a history teacher specifically. And um, at the time, at the school I was at, you had to be um, also like kind of double majoring. So at the same time, I was doing sociology. That university that I was at didn't work out. It was a private university. So obviously, just could not afford it. And so um, I transferred over to um, NC State here in, uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I did sociology there. And since I graduated, I was always like, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to go back to school. Like, I just need to make it happen. And um, so I got a job at the university. And that kind of was like my goal of trying to find a way to go back to school and not have to pay for it myself. So <laughs> that was kind of the, the aim of that. And I was previously in a master's of public administration program, because at that point, I was like, I'm going to be an executive director. I'm going to be a leader. And then I realized that I was in school learning from people that were kind of out of touch with reality and what really the community needed. 
And so I found myself being in classes and just feeling disconnected from the work and the curriculum. And then my friend Wendy, who's also a social worker, was like, why don't you apply to an MSW program? And I was like, really? Like, you think so? And um, I ended up applying to uh, the UNC School of Social Work and I got in and that's where I got my training. But I think like a lot of us, the story started much earlier. Like, yes, that's our education story, but like, you know, my mother was a survivor of domestic violence. And, you know, I always talk about this, especially when I graduated, you know, I have my life to thank other social workers for because they were the ones who kind of intervened at a time that was very essential for my own mother's well-being and her deciding to move forward in, um, you know, leaving my biological father. And so I always say that there's always a real personal story as to why we come to this field. And, um, and I think that those stories is what makes us unique as therapists as well and gives us a lot of power, to be honest, and a lot of insight to be able to understand others. I, I so resonate with that, like your, your, like your trajectory not being linear, you know, when I was an undergrad, like I had a whole different career that I wanted to do and, and kind of leading into mental health was after college and getting into my master's, I was much older already in life. So yeah, I totally resonate with that. And so true how we all have just a very personal story that it might not necessarily be related to school and all of that, but just how just life circumstance, circumstances can have led to kind of where we are today. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, definitely. I share that with you all too. I went to school for something different. And then I think from a very early age, I was meant to be in this field. And it. You know, I always tell people that being a mental health therapist and like studying psychology and social work, it was something that found me. I didn't really find it. <laughs> so yeah. So Stephanie, uh, today we're going to talk to you about religion and spirituality and just what that can look like for a person and I often think about how something that can bring so much comfort to some people can be so harmful to others. And so we would love to hear a little bit about your story and just how, like how you see those things play out in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, so first of all, I think for a while, the, the, the theme of spirituality, religion, has always kind of come into my work in ways that I wasn't expecting. I don't know if this was the experience for y'all, but I don't think my program spent a lot of time talking about how religion or spirituality or how this part of some people's lives comes into play uh, in, in specifically like in the therapy room, right? Or in the therapy relationship. It was, it was kind of like taboo in a way too of like, do we talk about this or we just like, hands-off approach we don't we don't touch that topic I had I had a different experience um in my grad program where it was talked about but it was only in a couple of classes and it was the same professor that would often bring it up and so I I really liked that professor and I took two classes with him and he always reminded us that part of a person is also the spiritual aspect and so that experience helped me to feel comfortable with exploring those topics with clients. 
Yeah, and it makes such a difference to have a teacher, right, that's gonna, like, mention it or bring it up, right, because I think not having um, the tools maybe or, or being comfortable enough to talk about it, especially, you know, I'll speak from my lens, especially as someone who's experienced such a complicated and layered relationship when it comes to uh, specifically religion, right? And so I think that just talking about this topic is more so as like, how can we put it on the table, right? Because um, if we if we narrow down the focus and talk about like, maybe some, some, you know, our own identities as Latinx identified people, you know, what that means when we're working with people from our same community, because I don't know if it's happened to y'all, but oftentimes people are telling me like, si Dios quiere, you know, or I had a dream last night and it was, it was about this. And, you know, it, you know, what could that mean? You know, or, you know, they're talking about, you know, you know, God bless you, you know, Dios te bendiga, or, you know, I'm thinking about mass and I'm missing my community or I'm thinking about X religion and what they did in that specific practice and missing their community. Right. And it's funny because I had to come face to face with the reality of having to be really flexible about this conversation and having to really be open about it. And, you know, I am someone who grew up in a specific religion I grew up in a religion, uh, Christianity, but a specific branch of Christianity called Pentecostal. And I'm also the daughter of pastors, right? So I am someone who grew up literally at church all the time. Like I slept under, you know, the seats at church, you know, I taught Sunday school, you know, I sang at church. Like there was all these ways that I was involved in church and as I've become an adult and I've explored my own therapeutic style, I've come to understand that, you know, I'm not necessarily a, a religious person, but I'm a deeply spiritual person. For you, Stephanie, what would you consider then to be the difference between religion and spirituality? So I do think there's a difference between religion and spirituality, right? When I think about my own experience and maybe um, what I've observed in history, we know that religions are, are things that we can maybe point out with a name, right? So like Catholicism or Buddhism or Hinduism, right? They have a specific structure. Maybe there are certain expectations about what makes you good or bad or certain expectations around ritual, like the things you do, the place you go to uh, worship or give an offering to the god or goddesses, et cetera, right? And so I think that that sort of idea of religion, I think is a little bit more stricter in some ways, right? In some ways it has more of a narrow focus. And I think spirituality is, is, is a lot about your individual relationship with nature, with spirit, with God, with whomever it is that you're in relationship with uh, ancestors, right? And so... I think that spirituality gives more to the complexity of belief and faith and kind of the human experience in general, right? Like asking questions. Earlier today, I was talking to my friend, Wendy, who's the same one that I said earlier about, uh, she's a social worker, I know. And we were talking about like, wow, we weren't allowed to really question our religion or faith early on in life. Um, and she gave an example of a story about how that came up in her childhood. 
And I think spirituality allows for us to question things. And that comes up in the therapy room because I think people are often seeking their sense of worth or direction or, you know, something to ground them, right? And so sometimes those topics are going to come into the forefront of, of the conversation. But yeah, I think spirituality is different than religion. And yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think that sometimes what I've experienced is people or young people feeling like they have to follow the religion in which they were brought up or sometimes feeling like, like you said, they can't question it, but they have a lot of questions. And so those questions lead to a lot of confusion because if they do ask them, the response that they get is not very encouraging. And so then that also leads to questioning so many other things. Yeah, that's so true. And even I like that distinction between uh, how you put it between religion and spirituality and how in the spiritual aspect allows you to kind of question that and be okay with that. And and Salveli's point, I think it's so natural because I remember myself as a teenager questioning a lot of things like, wait, the Bible says this, but what about this? And kind of questioning that and, and not necessarily getting positive responses when I would question things. And it was more, well, that's how it is and, and that's how it needs to be. So I, I like that distinction of being able to, to be in that space to kind of question a little bit the things that we see, explore these things and and be okay with that. I think that is so normal to want to question things and figure things out for ourselves. And it sounds like that spirituality piece kind of comes into that, allowing a space and exploration and some curiosity to kind of come through in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Stephanie, you also mentioned that your own upbringing and in the religion that you grew up in and growing up with parents who were both pastors how do you think that upbringing impacts you today and how did it impact you throughout your life? I've come to a place where things look different now when it comes to the impact of my religious upbringing. But I would say that early on when I started exploring this for myself and just asking questions and having my own way, my own belief systems and, and kind of moving differently than what I was expected to, I think that there was just a sense of loss of community. So I think that oftentimes when this conversation comes up with people in the, in the, in the therapy room, you know, they tell me that they have like guilt or shame around, you know, having to leave a religion. So I think that the impact is that I have like a very specific firsthand experience with it of what it was like to move away from certain belief systems that I was, you know, given as a young person and, and being able to, to challenge those, right? Because in a lot of ways, they, they were harmful. And I, can, I think that I can, I can see that and I can see how that harm comes up uh, when people tell me about their own experiences, right? So I think it gives me like great compassion um, for people. And, and at the same time, it, it gives me um, just an open heart to like understand others and and their own faith and their own belief systems. I like to be able to have these exploration type of conversations with people that are having these questions. And I don't feel uncomfortable when I'm like in the room. 
so I think it impacts me because because of that, you know, I think it just makes me like get it. I have the language, you know, when people tell me, yeah, because, you know, it was like this on Sunday, we were in church the entire day. Someone doesn't have to explain what that means as much, right? Clearly, everyone's experience is their own. So I'm not going to assume, right, that's that's not it. But I think that there is a sense of shared experience. Yeah, that's beautiful. And being able to identify with that while also knowing that even if the experience was similar, it was also very different, right? So like not putting our or your experiences onto them and being able to listen without maybe feeling nervous. I think sometimes as therapists, when we're exploring certain topics with people, we might feel nervous, especially if these are topics that are not talked about in our society. And so I think that you bring such a gift to your clients where they probably feel like they can open up to you about these things and you're going to listen and hold space for them and just be there with them and validate what those experiences were like. So it creates a safe place for them to question and explore and then figure it out on their own. So Stephanie, you were mentioning how you brought some of this into your sessions with your clients and uh, in part kind of sharing some of that commonality, but also being aware and cognizant of the differences that there may be. So I guess I'm kind of thinking about in two in two situations, in particular for a client, for example, you know, if a client may want to bring this up in session with their therapist, do you have any tips for someone who is seeking therapy and may want to include um, their religious or spiritual beliefs in the therapeutic process? So I'm a big believer in really trying to find a therapist that fits your need, right? And trying your best to interview and interview them, right? So I think that one of the parts that you can engage with early on is just if that is part of the work you want to do, right? Let's say it's religious trauma, Let's say it's a, a growing spiritual practice, um, questionings of, of their faith-based identity or whatever it is, you know, bringing that up to the counselor, therapist, mental health professional. There are therapists that are very specifically going to talk from a Christian standpoint. I'm, I'm not one of those, but um, I know that there are therapists out there that do that. And then there's therapists that are more like spiritual. So I do bring in, you know, meditation and other kind of things that are more about kind of looking within, right? Observing what's inside and kind of sitting with yourself in a very specific way that that is spiritual. Because when you connect to yourself, um, I would argue that that is spiritual. Um, So yeah, so looking for a therapist that fits as much as you can, right? Uh, Fits your need. And number two, I think that as you're building a relationship with someone, there's obviously a level of comfort that comes with that. And so that means that, you know, you might be comfortable at some point to change directions in your own therapy and say, hey, I think I want to work on this thing because I've noticed it's coming up for me. And certainly a therapist might say, you know, I don't really have experience with that. And so then at that point, you could possibly find someone else like that's acceptable. But if it is important to the person, I would, I would argue that oftentimes it comes up more than not, you know, Um, naturally just kind of is important for folks. So yeah, just, just trust yourself and, and like ask for what you need, which is a practice that we all, 
we all, I think, learn how to do as, as we live this life. Yeah. And I think that's a great opportunity and space to explore that, especially in therapy. You know, if it is something that's coming up and, and like you said, a therapist may say, you know, I'm, uh, I, I don't, I'm not very well versed or, you know, in, in that respect and being able to address that and if needing to seek another therapist, I think that that's a great way to kind of work through that too in, in the therapeutic process. And I guess on the flip side to that, as therapists, because we also have therapists that kind of listen uh, listen into our podcast, um, what are some tips that you you may have for other therapists or mental health providers who have clients who bring religion or spirituality into into the therapeutic process? You know, for therapists that might have people they're working for that are bringing up these topics or ponderings or bringing up grief or hurt around these topics. You know, I think that really listening to that person, that person's personal history uh, around, you know, relationships specifically, because so much about religion and religious trauma is is about how harm is caused in relationship to others and kind of the, the betrayal or deception that can happen, one might feel in specific situations, right? So exploring relationships, exploring ways that maybe there was manipulation, right? Like mirroring of manipulation in certain spaces and talking about the circumstances of how they arrived to the point that they're in, right? Which is like, let's say you're working with someone that um, is not, you know, has left their religion or, or has decided to follow a different one or is in process of exploring this you know, like what circumstances bought, brought them to this point, right? That, that Was there a rupture in a relationship at that place that they were going to? Are they feeling hopeless because of their circumstances in life and lack of meaning or direction? You know, I think that asking the questions is really important. And I think that, you know, personally, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll say this much, um, you know, I'm also a person who identifies as queer. And so I think that, you know, if you're, t- if you're talking to someone maybe that identifies as queer also um, and is exploring this topic, I think that being able to understand like what kind of rejection might be there, like is there rejection from this community or if there's not rejection from the community, is there self-rejection, self-internalization of kind of, you know, their own identity and not wanting to accept it or feeling, re- you know, hurt by other people in the religion or by religious texts. You know, and I think sitting with someone's grief, because I think that sometimes when it comes to this topic, people are trying to understand their lives. And if that's the lens that they use to to kind of give meaning to their life, if they have moved away from that lens, then there could be a lot of real grief. So there's like grief work to do. Like, how do I work through choosing to let go of this thing, right? How do I make sense of rejecting what I thought was the truth. And maybe now I'm questioning it and that's not necessarily how I want to move in the world. Right. Right. So just being comfortable with another person's grief as well. Yeah. So there's a lot of work to be done. There's so many different paths that therapists can take. And I think that it's also important that if this is a topic that a therapist might not be very aware of to seek consultation or to seek supervision and to not feel like they have to go through this on their own. And you, you mentioned religious, religious trauma, right? And do you have like, can you, can you define religious trauma for us? And for people that are listening who might not know exactly what religious trauma is? 
Yes. So, you know, trauma can be a lot of things, right? Um, and trauma can be caused by by different situations, but religious trauma is harm that's experienced from said community. It can often be psychological abuse, right? So like people who uh, will convince others that if they are a certain way, that that means that they will go to a prescribed place, i.e. hell, right? Or trying to use the message of said religion in a specific way that can be very harmful to a, a person that might be like sitting there, like listening to that. I know that in some circles, you know, there's there's this thing called conversion therapy that oftentimes people in certain religious communities, you know, send their, you know, LGBT community members to be converted into someone who is uh, heterosexual now, apparently, right? And so, you know, there's there's a real, there's real harm that can come from you know, community members or um, from leaders in certain situations, you know, where there has been um, specific types of abuse. Yeah, just manipulation, gaslighting, and so forth. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect definition. I also think about how religion can sometimes be used as a tool of oppression and how people can use religion to fit their own agendas, how religion can be used to to keep people, particularly women, to keep them in abusive relationships, to just create so much harm. Also, the intersection of religion and mental health, this idea that if you suffer from mental health issues, then you're not praying enough you don't have enough faith, right? So all of these topics, and again, religion can be very helpful for many people. And it can be a way to connect to whatever it is that they're connecting to, whether it's God, Jesus, Allah, like Allah, or anyone, like any whatever religion they practice. But I think it's really important to be mindful of the fact that there is a lot of religious trauma and a lot of religious oppression that keeps people in situations that hurt them instead of helping them. And in my experience, what I have witnessed in my professional experience with clients, it's that it's usually the women that receive all of this oppression and religious trauma, right? And so that's one thing to keep in mind too. While it can be such a place of comfort for some people, it's not for others. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, right? That that kind of control that happens, right? And so, you know, this is your place. This is what you should be doing. This is how you should dress. This is how you should behave. You know, it's an extension of patriarchal oppression, right? And it is very harmful. You know, you should stay with this partner, even though this partner might be abusive, right? Because the the storyline is, you know, this is your family and you're supposed to save it or you're supposed to be strong for it. And, you know, I really appreciate, Avali, what you mentioned about this idea of if you, if you're experiencing mental health struggles, 
that that means that you're not you're not praying enough, right? Or if you've received a diagnosis, that's but the mental health ex- diagnosis is is something of evil, right? Evil that has come over your body or whatever that whatever that means, right? And so that's a really good point that you made. And I've also seen it show up even with clients who are diagnosed or are given a diagnosis that require medication. Um, and how that can also be a bit detrimental, especially if the medication could be actually be helpful towards their symptoms and reducing them and or managing the symptoms as well. So, Yeah, so there's so many different intersections between all of these topics. And I think that this is why sometimes it's it's hard for so many people in the therapy world to explore these topics because it can be can be difficult to do so but it's really important to do so because the way that I was taught was that we are like humans also crave that spiritual connection to a higher power or to something greater than themselves and so being able to explore that through whatever method it it will look like for your client whatever works for the client that's what we're gonna work with right and not putting our own belief system onto them. Let them explore what works for them and then working with them on those things so that they can feel maybe like that wholeness of of just the, like when we think about the bio, psycho, social, spiritual aspect of a person, like what makes up a person, all of these parts that make up who we are um, or physical, or social, or emotional, or spiritual, um, it's important to keep that in mind. Yeah, and also to that too, I really just, even, especially if a client may want to bring that up, like, I know that for some therapists, that could be challenging to bring up. It could be hard to figure out how to introduce that or incorporate that into into sessions. A lot of the times it can be like, oh, that's something separate, right? But like you're saying, it's part of that person and it's important to kind of integrate that, especially if it's something that's either been very harmful or if it's been very helpful. And I think that that goes to trying to kind of understand the client from that whole lens perspective and understanding has their religion or spirituality been harmful or has it been helpful? And and especially if it's been helpful, how we can also incorporate that into their mental health, into into their treatment process and everything like that, that could be really beneficial to them in the long term as far as they're um, managing their symptoms and everything. Definitely. I agree with that. So, Stephanie, is there anything else that you would like to share before we finish here? Well, I know that um, some people might be exploring this topic from a different direction, which is like, how do I start a spiritual um, practice um, or how, where, you know, where do I go with this? Right. And I think that I had to start over and experience it myself. And I'm sure the things that I do now, I would get a lot of side eyes from the people that I grew up with. Yes. <laughs> you know? So, you know, I think that 
I've, I've learned to have certain practices or rituals or traditions that make me feel close to my ancestors specifically. Um, I think that there has been such a disconnect um, through the colonization of religion, right? And so I think that kind of going back to myself, right? I always, you know, I, I love a lot of beautiful podcasts that are out here and such rich content. And one of them is, you know, Dr. Fima and her homecoming podcast. And she always talks about what is it like to come back to yourself, right? Come back home to yourself. And so I think that when I think about my spiritual practice and just connecting with who I think are my ancestors or who I feel intuitively tied to somehow, it makes me think about that. It's like I'm coming home uh, to something, to a community that perhaps is not physically here, but is spiritually somehow tied to me and my experience, right? Mm -hmm. And so I feel supported by that. Um, and I guess I also, you know, if that makes sense for others, you know, I, I think that having a genuine curios curiosity over it might be beneficial, you know, it might be something that you that you like or want to try out, you know, who knows? Definitely. Yeah. It's like exploring what would that look like for for you if if you are exploring that right now and you're listening, what practices would you like to take on? How do you want to connect? How do you want to come home to yourself? And with, you know, everything you just said with these spiritual practices, it's also a form of self-nurturing and taking care of yourself, reconnecting to yourself and to a higher power or your ancestors, to nature, whatever it is. I think there's something so beautiful and so powerful about being able to do that. Stephanie, it has been great to have you here and to share this space, to have this beautiful conversation with you. I know we've had many conversations about this topic and you have been one of those people that has helped me to explore my own ideas and connection to, to God, to spirit. So you were the perfect person for this. And I'm so glad that you came and you joined us today. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, Stephanie, for joining us today. It has been such a pleasure being able to chat with you about this and just noticing the complexity of both religion and spirituality. And I think I really uh, liked what you said towards the end just now, how that homecoming and coming to yourself and how it's so unique and, and just specific to somebody else and being able to be curious with yourself. I think it's so beautiful because it creates such a unique space to incorporate spirituality and religion into your life in whatever way that looks like as well. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, and we will be putting Stephanie's information on our description box. We are so excited that you are here listening and we hope that you got something that is helpful for you from this episode. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye. Bye. credit and express our gratitude to Kevin McLeod for creating the music we use in this podcast episode. You can find more information in our show notes. Thank you.